Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Monday! With Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and Antonio Brown dirt. We are a good Raider talk show. We're going to try to have great times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. So, it wouldn't be a Raider fandom if you didn't have a little bit of drama in the beginning of the season to get us started. We're going to have a good year, no doubt. No doubt, I don't care about the drama. We're going to have positive times, no llama. I don't need a llama in my life. I need a touchdown and a Raider Nation for life. It's Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and Antonio Brown dirt. Because it's a cool Raider talk show. We got two fabulous hosts. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Oh, Murph, guess what? I was a little bit late today to get on the air. We're a couple of minutes late. So are you going to find me? (laughs) For conduct detrimental to Mondays with Mikey and Murph and on air nation, you have been served Mikey, but you know what? We're not going to make you pay the fine. We just need to do this because it's a formality that's required here on on air nation. Oh man. Conduct detrimental. Those are the terms that is going to prove to get me out of my contract. And I'm, I'm pissed off, but you know, I'm going to take it like a man. I'm going to take my fines and, you know, hopefully YouTube don't shut me off or release me. All right, let's get right into it. Murph, this is the season opener, uh, Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We got Monday or let's call it Monday, Mikey and Murph football coming up. You excited? Oh my gosh. I'm fired up, man. We're finally going to do this thing for real. We got the bears and the Packers tonight. And of course the Raiders, uh, closing out the, uh, the end of the week with uh, Monday night football and the, uh, at the double header against the Broncos. And, uh, I just talked to a sports handicapper that, uh, we had on, uh, on, on Raiders fan radio. And he said, for all of you that are game or that are, uh, betters out there, wait till, uh, the Raiders get to be a three point 
underdog, take the points, take the Raiders at home. Home underdogs on Monday Night Football win 72% of the time. How about that? Hey, you know what? For now, we're favorites, but I don't think the Vegas odd makers have added what might happen in the next couple of days with whatever's going on in Raider Nation universe. Uh, that being said, I just quickly wanted to announce, like always, you know, we're always possibly having internet problems. So if it cuts out, no worries. Stay tuned in. This show will be proposed later. And, you know, if you don't hear everything we say, don't worry. It'll be fixed in post. All right, Murph, let's get right into it. We got a lot to get into today. Let everybody know where they can find your amazing podcast, your channel, what you're doing on stations. Well, thank you, Mikey. Yeah, you can find everything that that we do. Uh, Murph's Fan Cave, that's M-U-R-F, like it's spelled up there. Uh, Murph's Fan Cave, and now we're on every podcast service that exists. Uh, Apple Stitcher, Apple Stitcher, Google Play, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find us there, so please subscribe and support us that way. And then we're also here on YouTube uh, with the encouragement of Mikey. We started a, a live stream, and it's awesome. Our community in there, in the chat, is 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 the best. And, uh, and so please check us out there youtube.com slash murphs fan cave and then if you want to uh help support our show the in other ways the best thing to do is to buy one of these t-shirts at raidersfanradio.com or you can go to raidersfanradio.com and click a link that will take you to nflshop.com and then uh anything that you buy there won't cost you anything extra but we're taking uh the proceeds that they give us back uh we're going to take all that money from the t-shirts and everything that we do and we're going to donate it to the blitnikoff foundation in november and we are almost at our goal. Our goal was $2,000. We're at about $1,500 now. And uh, we recently have partnered with KC Raider Nation. Uh, Eddie and his group are, are so awesome. And they're going to uh, make their September uh, charity donation. Uh, us will be the recipient of that. And, and again, we're going to turn it all over to Blitnikoff. Uh, and just gotten some amazing donations, some amazing, um, not just, not even people just buying stuff, but people just, just flat out uh, donating money to the cause. And it's going to go to a great place. And we're going to gladly do it. Uh, on your behalf, we're going to donate it in November. So thank you to all of you for supporting us the way that you do. Murph's Fan Cave. How dare you give away money to a charity that's not Antonio Brown Foundation? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're going to have a lot, or I'm going to have a lot of digs tonight. So I apologize hey. beforehand. Hey, I got, and I got something to say really quick too. I, I just want to get this off my chest. All right. Uh oh. Mikey, we have a problem. But Uh-oh. we don't have a problem with each other. We got a we got a problem with it. Now it's a problem. Like, okay, and I know oh. we're gonna get into it, but I just wanted to say that, you know, uh two weeks ago you had a family emergency come up. Uh this last week was real funky for me and with Labor Day, and I wasn't able to record on Monday. I got a lot of messages from people going, Oh, Monday, Monday's Mike and Murph, they got divorced, they got the they broke up. We're not. No, that ain't going to happen. You and I are friends off air, not just here doing a show together. Uh, and we may get fired up and hoot and holler and all that kind of stuff, but we're still buddies, man. And that's never going to change. And so I'm not going anywhere. I don't think you're going anywhere. I'll be here as long as, as Mikey's got room for me. Uh, you know what I mean? So it's there's. There is nothing but love between the two of us, and despite how fiery we may get, we're just a couple of passionate Raider fans that are that that love this team and are, and are, are fiery about it. And so, you know, I appreciate all the feedback from the you know the good and bad. And you know, I don't expect everybody to always agree with me or with you or it doesn't matter. But none of that stuff matters. It's all healthy. It's all love, and and we're good. Like this show is not going to stop because we freaking disagree on a subject. Like. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I thank you for that. Uh, and again, I'm conspiracy theorist, and I'm going to let everybody know there was no conspiracy of this two <laughs> 
There was no conspiracy. I had a major family drama happen the, the two previous Mondays, and then Labor Day was Labor Day. And, you know, people got to spend time with their families. That's what happened. And let it, all of our fans know. And that being said, let's get right into it. Are you ready for the, I used to call it headlines, deadlines. Now it's called the great bait and I made it a contest, but you know what? For today's show, it's not going to be the great debate. It's going to be the great Raider talk because it ain't a debate. We're just going to talk our opinions and our thoughts and we're going to move like on. I like it. I like it. Cause I don't want it to be a contest Murph. You know, why does it have to be fans picking who wins? You know, why does it have to be a contest? It doesn't matter who wins. We both win. We're on a show talking Raiders. We both win. Absolutely. 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 Well said. Well said, Wilson. All right, let's get right <laughs> into the, the important issues. And we'll get to the Antonio Brown stuff in a few minutes. But I want to respect football because I love football as well. I really like getting, you know, friends like mine, like Murph's opinion on the show. So we had the Andrew Luck early retirement announcement about a week or so ago, and that was a shock to me. Um, I didn't get happening, and I just wanted to ask you the question, what was your feeling of the Andrew Luck uh, retirement, and is the NFL burning players out with the grind? Yeah, I think so, Um, especially if they think they're going to run this thing to an 18 game regular season. I think that that's a little excessive as well. And it's, I mean, it's only going to go one way, but you know, I think is the awareness of, of, of head injuries and, and uh, you know, the awareness of what the actual toll is on these guys' bodies and uh, what their lives are like, you know, uh, uh, within handfuls of years of them retiring. And, you know, we've heard it from luck. We heard it from Gronk here. Um, I, you know, we're going to get into A-B stuff later. But, yeah, I, I think that it is. And it, it, it definitely, you know, churns these guys up. And that's a reason that they try to get the contracts the way that they do. Uh, you know, even like with Khalil Mack, like I didn't even necessarily begrudge him for wanting to get as much money as he could. I mean, I'm a capitalist at heart, man. So I get it because you're only one injury away or you're, you know, whatever. And and it's it's a lot. And so I I would rather, though, these guys do this than – do maybe more what I think Antonio Brown's doing and just kind of dragging it out unnecessarily. I'll, I'll never forget Charles Woodson's quote when he retired. He said, I woke up in Detroit and for the first time in my life, I didn't want to get up and go work at it. And it's, and he said, and it was only fleeting. It was only for just a quick moment, but he said, that's the first time in my life I ever thought that way. And that's when I knew I was going to retire. I would rather these guys be honest with themselves and us as fans if you even have an inkling of it, get out. Like, absolutely get out. I, it's not that we're related, maybe, but indirectly. I've talked about this about podcasting with my co-host, Uncle Mosh, before. The second this stops being fun and rewarding in any way, we're out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, as soon as this stops being a good time and whatever, we're out. Because you got to be honest with yourself. Oh, Grant, this is a, their job, and this isn't my job and whatever. But still, point being, though, be honest with us. Just it's okay if you feel burnout and you're not going to be out there giving it your all. Then we don't want to watch anyways. So, but they're they're afforded that luxury because they're millionaire athletes. So they're afforded the luxury of quitting when they feel like you know they 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 have to. I'm just going to speak from a little bit of experience, guys. Um, I'm financially struggling, and that's why I try to get all the hot takes in my videos. 
but I've lost the passion. Doesn't mean I lost the passion for the Raiders. I've lost the passion for YouTube. I've lost the passion for dealing with drama, other YouTubers. The I live in the subscriber, the like world. You know, how many views, how much money can I get and all that. And I've lost the passion, but I can't quit. I want to, but I can't because I can't afford it. And then I'm not saying, I'm saying they can't afford, they can afford that luxury. And then on top of him quitting, or I, I don't like the word quit of him leaving or retiring, but uh, they're letting him keep 10, $13 million yeah. that they're not going to go after a salary bonus. I mean, would that happen for any other player? That's a very unique view of that. Um, so let YouTube give me the money to quit or, or to retire. <laughs> <laughs> give me the money. Yeah, pay me to go home. Yeah, okay. You know, but yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. And you know what? And that's probably the more likely of the scenarios with the look. Because look, not everybody is a you know multi-million dollar, multi-year quarterback uh, for the same team that's made all that money. So a lot of these guys are, you know, second, third, fourth year guy. Well, what if you lose your passion year two? But you're, you know, you're making, you know, the veteran minimum or whatever. Like you're going to keep going. You're going to keep grinding your way through that. And that's where, again, it takes even more of a toll on you. But I mean, you know, football, football is football. It's not life. I mean, as much as we treat it as such, and it really kind of is in a, in a way, uh, at least in, in my home. Um, but it, it's, it's, but it, but it's not even as much as I have a reverence for it and love it and a passion for it clearly and do all these shows and talk about the Raiders nonstop. You know, even when I don't do shows, I'm still blabbering on about the Raiders all the time. Uh, it still pales in comparison to my family or my health or my faith or all those things. So, you know, so for these guys, there's life after football. There's especially for somebody like Andrew Luck went to freaking Stanford for crying out loud. Like he's, he's a smart guy. He's, you know what I mean? Like he's, a guy that plays football, he's not a football player. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a lot of guys that are like, there's some guys that are just football. Like Tom Brady is a football player. Like that's every, but you know what I mean? But not Andrew Luck. He was just really good at football and he's really good at a lot of other things. And now he wants to go try those things out. So sad day to say the least. I mean, I will miss him. He was a great quality player. Good for us person. though. <laughs> that's true. We I, played coach. So yeah. hopefully that's an added victory. To our team. All right, let's get into the NFL preseason thoughts. I mean, I think this preseason in the entirety of the NFL was the most ridiculous, un, um, fun to watch mm -hmm. in all teams. Like because they don't start the starters. They started the trend last year with McVeigh and a bunch of other teams. I mean, I paid or I got tickets to the Rams Raiders games in LA. I went in hot heat. I got a hundred degree fever, went to the hospital with almost a heat stroke. And I, I, I wasn't even able to watch the starters in the week three preseason game with the Raiders and the Rams. And they did that this entire year for almost every single team. So should they cancel it preseason? Should they shorten it? Or should they expand the playoffs like they've been talking about doing from your perspective? I would rather see the playoffs get extended. You know, we've gone from a 14-game schedule to a 16-game schedule, and now they've talked about going to the 18-game the schedule. And, you know, I think it's, it's just too much, and I think the only way they're going to get that is that the owners would have to agree to resting certain players or guaranteeing two players were going to rest throughout the course. Two, the players would rest for two games throughout the course of the season, and that's just really goofing up the record books and – 
You know what I mean? Like it's just it's that that to me is is, is not a viable solution. The idea of expanding the playoffs, I think, is a better solution. And then in terms of the preseason itself, I'm with you. It's very uninspiring. It's I used to never miss a second of a Raiders preseason game. I got a big kick out of it. I loved watching, you know, what what they were doing. The players are evaluating and all that. But now I feel like it's it's just a placeholder. They're only doing it because they have to. The guys that are that are playing in these games are all going to be working at Home Depot this week. Like there's it's just not a it's there's no consequence to it. So it's not exciting at all. And for the first time ever, I watched the first two games start to finish. The third game, I was watching it, lost interest. I started doing laundry instead. That shows you how excited I was. And then the third game, I watched a few bits and pieces of the Seattle game. I didn't even watch the rest of it. I'm like, this is freaking boring. This is not very good. This is not a good product. Now, I don't know if the NFL is doing that intentional because the only way they're going to get those additional two games in the regular season is by eliminating two preseason games. So I'll just so I don't know if that's going to happen, but I will say this. Nowadays, the way that the coaches are structuring their scrimmages with each other where they can protect their quarterback, it's a controlled environment, they can be very specific in the thing. That's the way that all of this is going, right? That's the way that and the, the quote, preseason is going. That's why you don't see any of the starters anymore because Derek Carr is going to get work in the scrimmage. He's not going to get any work in the preseason game, or at least very little. So I don't know, man. I don't see this thing ending anytime soon in terms of the the, the condition or, or the the decision process needing to be made. But it's going to continue to evolve. I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's going to change over the next however many years. Yeah, I think they should literally just shorten it to two games and expand the playoffs by one week, if at all possible. I think that's even asking too much. But um, I would like a one week playoff edition, and I think they should shorten the preseason so at least. For one game and a half, those young players that are going to try to make the roster have at least enough to show, and at least the Raider starters play for like, you know, one uh, one minute of one quarter with what they've been doing all season. And then just ended that Canada game was a debacle from the NFL. I don't even want to speak on it. The field they they didn't even ready the field before the game. It looked fine before the game. Then during the game, it didn't look good. And then, oh, my God, ridiculous. The NFL is messing everything up, and I'm tired of it. All right, let's go things that messed everything up for the Raiders last year at this time. Uh, that it, From my perspective, this created a trend. I, I'm not going to say for like running backs. I'm going to say Le'Veon Bell did that because Le'Veon Bell was officially on his um, franchise tag. But Khalil Mack was going in fifth-year option that he signed and they agreed upon. But now this year, Jadavion Clowney in a fifth-year option, declining and all that other stuff, a tag or whatever's going on. Did Khalil Mack create a trend for defensive players or a lot of NFL players to get their money by proving he'll either be traded and get his money? I don't know. I do you think this is a trend that Khalil Mack started in the NFL? I think it's a trend, but I think it's been going on for a while. I mean, just off the top of my head, Darrell Rivas was was one that held out of camp. In fact, when they were on hard knocks, when the Jets were on hard knocks, uh, that was one of the big storylines. Was that? It, but it, in it, their fifth year option, that's what I was asking. I don't know how many players in their exact fifth year option did that. I know they've done it on franchise tag, but I meant fifth year option. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's that thing's only been around since when the the latest CBA was signed. What year was that? Twenty eleven. 
probably he had 2010, 2011, 2012. 2010. So, I mean, yeah. Is he def- Is he on the front end of it? I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair question. I mean, he, he may have. But I, I think the concept, though, has been around for so long. And now just the conditions of it are just changed because the CBA changed. You know, but yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, he's, he was definitely the biggest name that has done it to this point. You know what I mean? And to get his way. And then now, like you said, you got all the running backs out. And heck, there's all kinds of guys that are, that were out, you know, I don't know about Trent Williams. I don't know if he what, if he was on an option or not, but he's holding out. I mean, like it's all over the place. It's rampant, man. Players staying out. That's what I'm saying. But like, that's because it happened to such a big star player, you know, and he got traded. He got his money. The Raiders, the team's got their draft picks, you know, to start foundation. Um, it seems to be like the norm of the NFL. You get it? Like that trend might have continued in norm because it happened this season with players like Josh Rosen, stuff like that, getting traded for draft picks, and then players holding out to get their money elsewhere. And then maybe Antonio Brown watched all of this, and he's like, me too. Me too. <laughs> Well, they're definitely with the rookie contracts, the way that they're structured, that you know you can be an all-world player like Khalil Mack and not get paid like one. And so, yeah, so, I mean, it all is going to depend on that, that player's talent. But, I mean, conditionally, is it shaping, you know, how they're, these guys are going about it? Yeah, absolutely it is. And, I don't, again, I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon uh, until when we've got another CBA agreement coming up, though, right? So we might. In two years, 2021, I think, or 2020. You know, if you think about, like, the Jamarcus – contract like that was the one that was like that one and like Sam Bradford I believe was the last quarterback to get drafted to get paid a bunch of money on the front end of rookie deal but like those type deals were the ones that put a stop to it because when you have somebody flame out like Jamarcus it literally drags down your organization for five years like you can't get out of it so they 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 so they they reworked the cba to to keep teams from you know being so exposed and to making it more of a manageable thing if a player doesn't work out well if now they foresee that this is a problem then now we're getting to year four and none of these guys are showing up well then maybe they word that into the cba that they've got to you know they've got to alter that or maybe they make year four and five more lucrative for these guys or something i don't know you make a pro bowl you Whatever. I don't know. But, but something, though, Mikey, yes, absolutely. Will it change? Probably. I mean, if it continues to be an issue, it will. Yeah, I think the NFL owners and coaches and general managers, whoever of the like nowadays, even though they, they know when they get a player in the first round that they think they got him for five years, I think the trend is they got him for actually three. They know the agents, if they're a good player, are going to get involved. So after year three, they're going to start negotiating and some of this drama might continue. All right, let's get into hard knocks. Some people are calling it hard knocks went soft. <laughs> some people are saying hard knocks went soft this season. Uh, but I just want to know your official review um, of this season because we as Raider fans loved it and enjoyed every moment of it. Uh, whether you truly thought it was it went soft is up to you. And I just asked the question, did it help the team's image? Because a lot of people thought it might hurt the Raiders' image in terms of distractions and all that. And then who was the true star of the show? Uh, well, Gruden was the star, I think. Um, <laughs> but I think that was obvious going in. I don't think anybody was expecting otherwise. To me, the most unexpected star was Coach Buck. Um, Buckner's awesome. I got a chance to meet him down at the Senior Bowl. He was way cool. And, um, man, he's just funny. He's engaging. He's just I, – I really like Coach Buck. 
And clearly, uh, everybody else thinks he's funny and engaging, too, because they had him leading off the show instead of Gruden. You know what I mean? So you got two Grudens, you got a Caliendo, and you got two Coach Bucks, right? So so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, did it help their image? Um, I don't know if it – I wouldn't say that. Uh, I'd say it didn't, didn't hurt it, though, either. But I'm already way in the bag for this stuff, so – for somebody that's not a Raider fan or just a casual NFL fan, I'm not sure how they would respond to that. Like, so I'm trying to think of like when I've watched other teams, like when we watched the Browns last year, it helped their image because we saw what an idiot Hugh Jackson was. And so when he got fired, it was like, oh yeah, okay, well good. You, you know, cause this guy's a moron. And then Baker goes out there and balls out. And so like my image of the Browns was, is better now because of knowing what happened during that last season of hard knocks. So somebody that's not a Raider fan, I don't know what they would say. I will tell you this. I thought that they were portrayed very accurately, and especially in the first two, maybe two and a quarter, two and a half uh, episodes, I thought they did an excellent job building the foundation of what the Raiders are. What is a Raider? What does it represent? What is pride and poise, commitment to excellence, just win, baby? What's the lineage of the team? What's the legacy of the team? What's the legacy of the of the alumni? And like, you know what I mean? The the colors and the it just you know, playing the autumn wind and just all of that stuff. I thought they did a very good job of showing what being a Raider is all about and what this organization stands for. I thought they did that very, very well. So so definitely kudos to those guys. But then after we kind of did that and hit some of the like the the funnier moments, really like the Caliendo stuff and all that, it really kind of leveled out. And it didn't end with a thud, but I mean, you know, we already knew what the cuts were gonna be, and then they didn't show them, and that's typically the most compelling part of the show. That, that so me off. Yeah, so I'm surprised actually that HBO signed off on that. I'm sure that was a Mayock thing. And in listening to Mayock's quotes, I mean, it was gut wrenching to him to cut all these kids. And that's his words. You know, he, he he's like these, you know, I was honest with them. It was a very straightforward process. And he said, and each one of them hurt. You know, so I'm sure he told the the producers, look, I don't want this stuff out there and they respected his request and they didn't show it but that's as a viewer that's the most compelling part of hard knocks is the end who makes it watching keelan doss go through that those last bits of and all yeah, that but stuff. who are they battling like after reviewing it a few days later i start thinking about the battles of keelan doss they didn't really feature Keon Hatcher. They didn't fe- feature Rico Gafford. Right. They didn't feature Ryan Grant you know working on the sidelines of who keelan doss was battling so i didn't so we all thought he made the team. We're like, they're showing him he's going to make the team. We didn't get that, like, you know, the contrast of who he's battling. And every time he drops a ball, you know, Ryan Grant takes a step ahead. And that really bothered me because I love documentaries. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a great point, Mikey. And, you know, one of the things that, that when Gruden was asked about Doss and he said, you know, they were saying, well, the, you know, this is not my story. <laughs> yeah, this is not my storyline. I was yours. And so you're right. And that's a very interesting point, though, was that, the way that it was portrayed, you're right. And typically Hard Knocks does show those battles, those position battles. And like, all right, here's these two guys competing for this one spot. Hey, do they get along? Do they not get along? Do they support each other? Who's going to make it? And then at the end, you find out who made it, right? You're right. They didn't do any of that kind of stuff. We didn't see the dynamic between Doss and any of the other uh, receivers, Aitman or any of them. And now, granted, it may be because they shied away from the camera. I mean, we didn't see Josh Jacobs either, but that wasn't because they weren't trying. It's because every time you saw Josh Jacobs, he was doing this. You know what I mean? Like, so 
I don't know. But so I think that's why it ended kind of kind of soft, I guess. If you but but the beginning, the first two episodes and most of the third one, they were home runs, man. Especially that first one. That first one had me fired up, man. I watched it like four times. You know, I mean, that was a re- that was really good television. So I think as an overall, it was definitely a, a, a you know an A. Yeah. So the true star of the show um, again, it's Gruden, one hundred percent. We cannot go with any other answer. And I think Gruden loved being the star of the show. Let's get that right because he was featured so many times, showing his knowledge or his trivia skills of colleges or counting backwards he freaking loved it but that's fine because gruden is Roman. he is an entertainer and you know we'll leave it at that but he is an excellent coach and i love the knock on wood phrase yeah a lot of people wanted wanted to make fun of him for doing that but again and if you look at it from a different perspective he keeps players awake by asking them to knock on wood because some players are awake and there's ones that are sleeping during the long meetings when he says knock on wood, the players that are awake are going to knock on wood. And guess what that's going to do to the sleeping damn players? You're going to wake them up wake them up. wood being knocked. So that's good coaching. I, asking questions, always keeping their brain involved, that's good coaching to me. And did it help the team's image? I think 100% it did. But again, the media is already out for blood. So they didn't like the Raiders had final cut. Possibly they had. We don't really know. Uh, but I think it helped the image because they wanted drama and we're trying to show a new foundation that the Raiders are not about drama. And that leads me into Antonio. Oh, give me one favorite, favorite moment from hard knock one. Oh, just one. Okay. Uh, Well, Caliendo was, was brilliant, but the hardest I laughed and it's probably not politically correct for me to tell the story, so I'll just refer to it as uh, Cleveland Farrell's prayer in the huddle when they were breaking down the D-line. I think I was the end of episode two. That was the funniest dang th- That cracked me up. And Coach Buck goes, oh, when you were with Dabo, you were, you were Jesus this and Jesus that. And now you're a Christian comedian, right? That part, well, the, the joke that he tell was pretty darn funny, man. That absolutely cracked me up. So go back and watch that. That was the, that was that was the funniest, I think. But then Caliendo, though, I mean, that was brilliant. That was freaking brilliant having him come in and talk to the guys and and all that. That was, you know, I think as an overall because instead of like you know the prayer was just one little quick joke, but Caliendo's was you know that was a ten minute segment or whatever it was. So I, I think that if I had to pick between those two moments, that would be the one. I'll, let me go with Caliendo. That's cool, man. I, I mean, there are so many great moments that I have. A, if I, I should make a top 10. But uh, long story short, when John Madden came on screen and they split between John Madden coaching the sled and the oh. players, then they had Gruden coaching the sled and the players back and forth with the autumn wind music and the horns <sighs> and the poem and all that in the background. I was like, Raider, Raider drug me. Raider drug me. Yeah. Keep Raider drugging me. <laughs> and I just... <laughs> So that was it for me. That was my favorite moment. All right, guess what? The Antonio Brown helmet drama, according to Antonio Brown, is officially over. Oh, good. So everything's fine now. Everything's fine. The the helmet drama's over. And he's got a new helmet uh, and all that other stuff. And in his Twitter feed, this is yesterday, before all the stuff that came down today, he quoted in that Instagram feed, 
He said this was the most calculated move by far. So did you calculate all the helmet drama to get a brand deal, to make money, to get media exposure? I'm sure that pissed off Mike Mayock. And then we'll get it. We'll get into Antonio Brown's incidents. You guys can read it on screen. I don't need to go through it. Uh, and then we all know, again, he posted that most calculated thing after he posted the letter. And I don't need to talk about it. I don't need to explain it to you guys. We don't need to go over what he said because, you know, it's open to interpretation. But he posted a letter publicly of being fined by the Raiders. But I do want to state one thing that I believe, Murph, a lot of people are missing from this letter. Um, in the first segment, he said, as you know, you did not participate in the walkthrough that was in Winnipeg. Um, why did Antonio Brown fly to Winnipeg if he wasn't going to play? Because Gruden said the players that are not going to play are not going to fly, but maybe Antonio Brown wanted to be around the team. That's fine. But look at the, the, the statement underneath. Um, Mayock wrote, you were previously fined 40000 So that means Antonio Brown was fined before this. This is not the official fine. So Antonio Brown was previously fined forty grand that he knew about for missing that Raiders preseason camp when he left and he came back with his agent. So that means Antonio Brown got a letter back then or he was notified by Mayock back then. So why didn't he post you know, the picture then? I don't know. But I'm just saying he was previously fined. All right, so let's get right into it. We all know the drama, what's going on. So I asked the question, Murph, was Mike Mayock right in fining Antonio Brown? Yes, that is the rules. He's not uh, immune to them. That is the, the, this is, it's, he's, he cites the, the article in the CBA where this is noted. This is an NFL, not necessarily mandated thing, but this is Mike Mayock didn't write this thing. This is legalese, man. When you read this. So yes, he did the right thing. It's AB is going to be held to the exact same standard as everybody else on this football team. That's the Raider way. That's the way it should be. And I heard somebody mention that, well, other GMs might consider that when you have this big of a personality that you'll just let something like this slide. No, that's not how we work. That's not how Mike Mayock works. So, yes, he did the right thing. And if AB doesn't like it, then tough crap, man. It's, so he handled it absolutely right. And AB's response to this, okay, and, and you didn't ask me yet, but I'm. A, do you want to hand, do the Mayock thing? You want to give your part on that before we go to yeah, AB? Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so, of course, Mayock was 100% right in doing it. I mean, he's the first-time general manager. He's got to set a tone. I mean, how does this look against him, especially coming from that tweet? I mean, look, Antonio Brown is doing everything publicly. Mayock is trying to avoid doing everything publicly. So when Mayock came out a few weeks back and made that statement publicly, Mayock was doing exactly what Antonio Brown does to the entire team, to the entire organization. Mayock went out publicly and said, we need to know. Are you either all in or are you all out? Mayock didn't want to do that, but he's treating Antonio Brown the way Antonio Brown's treating everybody else. He's doing it publicly. And so I, go for it. And as of yesterday, and I, I kind of went in on this stuff last night on Raiders fan radio. And um, I don't take back anything that I said, because that's the way that I, I felt and what I thought in that moment. 
um, and what, what the way I looked at it then was that, and I, and I looked at Charles Woodson's response and Amy Trask's response to, 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 to AB. And it was like, okay, this guy, as you mentioned, lives his life out on social media. So when you get a fine, you're not happy about it. Just like if you get a speeding ticket and you go on your Facebook page and you go, man, this sucks. I got a speeding ticket and it's going to cost me $250. You're not happy about it. And you're posting it and sharing it on social media. That's the way that I took this initially. But then today it escalated and that's a different subject probably, but I want to say, so did he handle this correctly? If his intention was not the way that I took it, absolutely. He did not. And frankly, he's a jackass for it. And Clay Travis, who I love on, he's a, a, a if you, if you don't know who he is, he's a, a, a sports talk show host on, on Fox sports. He tweeted this out. I'm gonna read his tweet. How many jobs in America could an employee post an internal work discipline letter on social media, insult your employer in the post, and not get fired for doing it? Athlete might be the only one, honestly. And now think about that. If you acted like Antonio Brown at your job, what would happen? You'd be freaking fired. That's it. Over. Goodbye. So then now to take it to what escalated into today or yesterday when we hear about this confrontation dude we 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 went in all in a few weeks ago about whether he was a problem or not and i what and if you remember i was very specific i said i didn't think it was a problem and it won't be a problem until he's not on the field in week one. Well, guess where we're at today, Raider Nation? So now it's a freaking problem. And this guy thinks he's bigger than the team? See you, dude. Like, we don't got time for this. We have bigger things in the world going on. We have bigger goals. And this, the, this Raider thing, AB, is so much bigger than you. We don't need you. They were targeting Tyrell Williams to be their number one wide receiver in the offseason to begin with. You were an afterthought. You hadn't even worn a freaking jersey in the regular season yet. Once a Raider, not always a Raider, pal. Hit the bricks, man. I hope they just freaking cut him at this point. If this is the kind of crap that we're going to have to deal with, and I, and that's I was so adamant last time because I was like, there's we haven't seen any evidence of anything. Well, now we got it. Now we got evidence that this guy is a tool. Well, take your ass on down the road, man. I'm... I'm this got a lot of us on edge, Mikey. And dude, you know, I don't get that wound up about this stuff. Typically, you know, I mean, I get passionate about stuff, but like this bugs the crap out of me. And I'm so glad the way that the Raiders are handling it this way. They should draw a hard line. And you know what? And if they freaking void his salary and it costs, you know what? We can, if we suspend him, it voids his guaranteed money, which essentially means that he's not going to want to play. We can reclaim the million dollars he got in a signing bonus. This fool can walk and it will cost us nothing. It won't cost us a dime. And all we got to do is figure out who wide receiver number two is going to be. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so just a continuation of did, you know, Mike Mayock, you know, handle it correctly. Yeah, he did for Mike Mayock. He's the first time general manager. He needs to set a tone because Antonio Brown is not setting a tone on what he told the Raiders he was going to do as a leader, as a man amongst men, and all that other stuff. And did Antonio Brown handle it correctly? Oh, Antonio Brown handled it as a social media person. And look, I mean, I'm not going to defend Antonio Brown. Um, and you're the, his biggest proponent and defender of Antonio Brown. So for Murph to get off to get off the Antonio Brown bus, that you know that says a lot of you and your character. And, um, you know, I appreciate it, you know, when you when you realize that he is truly becoming a problem and he said it in so many statements and Mike Mayock 
And you guys got to think about this. He missed more than one practice. He missed more than one walkthrough. And but that's the only things they find him for. Think about this. Remember, he hurt his foot. He was put on the list, came back. Then he missed a couple of days. Then he came back with his agent. Then he missed a couple of days. So it's more than one. And Mike Mayock and Gruden let it slide. That's what they did. So my bag's like, this is it. We're done, you know? Like, he cannot be doing this. We got to set a tone for the young players. And then Antonio Brown feels he's above the law. And long story short, did he handle it correctly? No, he handled it like a child, like a bipolar social media addict. And he, he's told everybody he's all in it for his inge. That's all he wants is his inge. And we have to take him on his word. So now... All right, let's move the question. That's not the question, is it? Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So did he handle it correctly? No. Sorry, I get my, my pictures messed up. So uh, let's just try to move on because, you know, this is going to be talked about on all the, the other shows, and you're going to get a lot of different takes. Uh, so let's try to go to a positive way. What went wrong from either Mayock's perspective, Antonio Brown's perspective, or your perspective in general? What went wrong to get it to this point where they apparently had a fight? Uh, whether Mayock went up to Antonio or Antonio went up to Mayock, I don't know. But the rumor is that players like Vontis Burfick had old Antonio Brown back from yelling at Mike Mayock after he basically called Mayock the devil and hated the team's hating. Uh, but he said he was going to punch him in the face and fine him for punching the ball or something like that and walking off the team. I don't know if that really happened. I, You know, we're, we're speculating. But there's something happened. What went wrong, Murph? What went wrong? Antonio Brown is one of those guys, unfortunately, that can't get out of his own way. And when you buy into yourself, that's a dangerous place to be. I'm not talking about having confidence in yourself. I'm not talking about, you know, trusting your ability. I'm not talking about things like that. I'm talking about when you buy into you, Terrell Owens, Chad Ocasinko, right? There's numerous examples of this in the sports world where guys think that what they are doing is bigger than what the organization is. And the answer to that question will always be no. You will lose fighting your team. You will lose fighting the league, There's only in the entire history of the NFL, there's only one guy that's fought the NFL and won, and that's Al freaking Davis. Everybody else loses when they fight the shield or when you fight your team. It's only going to go one way. It's like arguing with a cop. It's stupid because it's only going to go one way. Just shut your mouth, take your ticket, and move on. And so he's... he Because he can't get out of his own way, he can't stay off social media, he's... absolutely is caught he's letting $54,000 get in the way of 30 million I mean think about that that's illogical now in going back and you're right I defended him for a long time because I said well people are taking these comments about him retiring is that logical would you really walk away from a hall of fame career and all that money for a helmet well you know what now I'm starting to think well maybe he just is that bat ass crazy Like, maybe this stuff really doesn't matter to him. Maybe football doesn't really matter to him. And it's not manifesting in the way that it manifested in Andrew Luck. It's manifesting in the way that it manifested in Ryan Leaf, where you're constantly creating these situations where you're a victim and you're you're basically just trying to work your way out of the league. We saw Darren Waller 
talk about his uh, his drug addictions. And he said, I wanted the NFL to force me out. I wanted to, because then I wasn't quitting on it. It was having enough of me. I feel like that's what this freaking guy is doing now. Otherwise, why would you not keep your mouth halfway shut, stay off Twitter, and go become the greatest wide receiver of all time and break Jerry Rice's records and end up in the Hall of Fame? We're now, and right now, and you and the next question is how do they fix it? It's all got to be on him. He's got to be contrite. He's got to be apologetic. He's got to be willing to play the game. And here's the thing. Because if he doesn't, this week, right now, between now and Monday, is literally going to define his career. We're going to find out if Antonio Brown is going to walk off the field and then five years later walk into Canton in the Hall of Fame, or if he's going to be an afterthought like Chad Ochocinco and like all these other guys go down the road. And while Terrell Owens did find his way ultimately in the Hall, uh, that's what's going to happen to A.B. And is, is that what you want? You want to be known as a quitter? You want to be known as the guy that got fired because you couldn't stay off Twitter? Like... It's just bananas, but I don't think I really don't think that he cares. And if if his priorities are his family and he's got money and he knows he can provide provide for them for the rest of his life and he just wants to go to the house, well then that's fine. But don't waste our friggin' time or the Raiders' time in the process. Just go on to the house. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying, Murph. Uh so just to reiterate some things I wrote down that I forgot to say earlier when I posted the picture of Antonio Brown uh posting the letter. Um, if you guys remember correctly, or some of you guys do, I had lawyers send me like 38 page documents, three different occasions last year for my channel. And I, I even talked to you Murph around this time. And I, and I shared screenshots with you personally about what they were doing to me or telling me. And, but I didn't post it on social media. I wanted to, I talked about it all the time. Oh, they're suing me. They're doing this, but I didn't post it on social media because I knew that they were watching everything I'm doing, they're going to use it against me. And they did, you know, for the most part, but I didn't do it. I had the wits about me to, you know, thank goodness to people like you telling me, Mike, just, you know, just you know, leave it alone. Just, you know, go about what they're telling you and go about your business. But that brings me to mental issues. I think what went on with Antonio Brown is the NFL or the college that he played for or the high school that he played for, or his parents or somebody, or, you know, whatever. There's something mentally wrong with him. And in today's world of mental illness, I don't think anybody helped him. He was such a star athlete that everything slid. Nobody got in his face early on, whether it be high school or whatever, force him to a doctor, try to see what's going on, or what this manifest or did this Creation only come out when he got millions of dollars with the Steelers. I do not know, but I think something is mentally wrong with him. And in today's millennial society, everybody loves Twitter, social media. They want to expose everything. Like you cannot go a minute without wanting to make a YouTube video for money, for fame. I feel the same way. I wake up every day going, I got to make a video. I got to do something. Should I expose Raiders report? Should I expose a Mitchell Ranch? You know, so I shouldn't even be saying stuff like that. But so just like that's how I feel, and I can imagine Antonio Brown mentally with all the same issues. How do I make more money? How do I get a contract deal? How do I? How do I do this? How do I expose that? How dare they find me? I'm Antonio Brown. I think something's mentally wrong with him, and I I really think. Now this goes to my house. Should they fix it? I don't know how they should fix it. 
It's all up to Antonio Brown in my perspective. Antonio Brown, hopefully he takes these three or four days with his agent, realizes that the reason Mayock wrote conduct detrimental to the team was telling you we're coming after your contract. And then what does Antonio Brown write, do right after that letter? He exposes that, and that's now official contract detrimental to the team in which you were talking about, Murph. They can take away his official contact or contract if he's not on roster on opening day. So that possibly cost Antonio Brown $30 million for the team. So let me just reiterate back. How do they fix it? Well, I wish that Mike Mayock, uh, Drew Rosenhaus, because you know his agent's got to be there, and Antonio Brown get into a room, and they all just start hugging each other and say, look, Antonio, we have to treat you like every single person in the world. We love you. We want you. We'll make you a part of this team. We'll add $3 million to your deal, but we're going to find you from now on. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And you need to respect us because money is the only term that Antonio Brown likes to hear. So could you imagine when Antonio Brown heard John Gruden give him faith with the helmet, Antonio Brown back to practice. It was all love. It was all good. Could you imagine if after finding Antonio Brown, the Raiders give him more money to please him? It's not the right thing to do, but that's how they would fix it from my perspective with Antonio Brown. Send two or three more million dollars at him, and then at least for one year, we got Antonio Brown on the field as Raider fans. It's a stupid way to fix it. It's not going to be yeah, done that way, but I'm just throwing it out there, guys. Yeah, I'm not sure that would get his attention. I mean, it, it, he, I don't think this guy gives a crap about money at all. I mean, Rosenhaus oh, okay. does. You know what I mean? I don't I don't think – because otherwise, why would you not just keep it quiet until next week? Wait, wait get, get your $14 million guaranteed first and then throw fit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's not calculated at all. He's just going off the – off the cuff here. And I think that Rosenhaus, um, you know, he'll try to drive Antonio Brown to, to, to honor this because he doesn't want him suspended. Cause that would cost Drew Rosenhaus money. Uh, but dude, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I just don't see this thing ending well. And it, and frankly, I'm, I'm just tired. Like, and I think that Raiders fans, and I can't read the chat, but please jump in there and tell me what you got. You know, we've had a lot of dysfunction for so many years and I'm just tired. I'm tired of Jamarcus Russell and Javon Walker and D'Angelo Hall. And you know what I mean? I'm tired of Khalil Mack holdout. I'm tired of where the Raiders are going to play. I'm tired of Antonio Brown. I'm tired of this stuff. I just want us to be a halfway normal football team. And I know that it's, to a certain extent, it's the Raider way, and we're always going to have this sort of controlled chaos, and I'm okay with that. But this rampant dysfunction days before the season opener come on man like really like really antonio brown like I'm, that's why i'm so quick to turn on him because i'm like dude you are not doing anyone any favors you are blowing it for everyone for yourself yeah, imagine your Derek car i mean i feel so oh, bad yes for Derek car going out of his way defending him saying he loves him spending time with his family flying him here i heard a rumor whether it's true or not Derek car said he'll pay the fines i don't know if that's true or not 
But can you, what is Derek Carr feeling? All Derek that Carr needs to be an MVP. Derek Carr needs Antonio Brown. This pisses me off. All that time that Derek spent and invested in the offseason and Antonio Brown and Antonio Brown in him. Like they, all that is just going to be blown away into thin air. Like it's, I, it's just, it's heartbreaking. And I think that's what it is about this one is that it just, it's just got like, I'm, I'm, it's makes me sad. I'm like, come on, man. Like I just, we just want to watch and enjoy our football team. Even if they're not the most competitive team in the world, I just want them to be healthy from an organizational perspective for once. Like it feels, Murph, how, how do me and you solve our problems? We've had issues. How do we solve them? We talk to each other. Talk to each other. We apologize for our part in whatever mistakes that either of us have made. And long story short, whether you think you made a mistake or not, if you realize I'm hurting, you apologize because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I made a mistake, Mike's hurting or Mikey's hurting. Same thing for you. You know, whether I made a mistake or not, Murph is hurting. It bothers Murph. So I'm going to apologize and try not to ever do that again because I respect you and I love you and I want to build this relationship. It doesn't look like Antonio Brown is all in uh, and it doesn't look like he truly wants to be a Raider. I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. It doesn't feel like it. And this is the first time where, again, because we've now we've got hard evidence and now we're looking at not having the guy on the field. It, it doesn't feel like he's in. You can say that all you want, but what do your actions tell you? You know, what do your actions tell us? And, uh, man, I just, I'm kind of over him, man. I, I, uh, you know, I want him on the team. I would love to have him on the team, but even if they resolve this tomorrow and he plays week one, how long is it going to be till something else comes up? Like this is now the third thing and we haven't even played a game yet. So I'm just kind of over him, man. You know, I never liked him before anyways, cause he was a frigging stealer. So like, it's <laughs> not like I have any like emotional attachment to like, I don't get emotional attachments to players really anyways. Um, uh, occasionally I'll really like lock into a guy, uh, and, 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 you know, like Derek Carr, for instance, because of the way he displays his faith and all that kind of, like, I, I think that stuff is really cool, but if Derek Carr became a, you know, I don't know, a red skin next year, well, I'm not rooting for him anymore. You know what I mean? I may think he's a swell guy, but I ain't rooting for him because he ain't a Raider. You know what I mean? Well, Antonio Brown's never been a Raider. In fact, he came from a team that we hate. So there's no attachment to this guy at all. You know what I mean? So again, I'm well, if, if, if they don't get it fixed tomorrow, then cut him. Just break it off, man. Pretty funny thing. Um, did you notice the letter came right after hard knocks air? <laughs> oh my gosh. So uh, there was so many funny tweets about people like doing like gifts of, of like cars, like racing through traffic. And it's like HBO executives racing back to the Raiders facility. Like, yeah, don't you wish that, that like, I'm glad it didn't happen one week later because it's not going to hurt the Raiders financially, but I'm bummed. It didn't happen one week earlier and end up on hard knocks. Cause this would have been amazing television. Well, yeah, the crew left, you know, that Tuesday afternoon. So the letter was handed after the crews left. Yep. And I, HBO, do a sixth episode. The first time in your history, do a sixth episode. <laughs> Bring it up. Let's go. And then real quick, I'm going to end it with this, Murph. I love doing conspiracy theories, but I'm going to do a great positive conspiracy theory for this whole situation. Mike Mayock is trying to build a foundation with the Raiders, a la, let's say, the Patriot way, you know, players that buy in and all that. And Mike Mayock, on hard knocks, you know, he didn't let a lot of these things out. He didn't have storylines bad. And then now the Antonio Brown stuff, Antonio Brown wants to build his brand. Maybe Mayock, Gruden, 
and all of them are in on it again. It's a conspiracy theory, you know. Though, you know, we're, I know it's speculating, but it's fun. Maybe they're all in on it because it's building the Raiders brand, the entertainment value for Vegas. The views are going to be up for B. He's getting endorsement deals. All of them are in on it. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this helps the foundation and this helps Mike Mayock as a first-time general manager look good. You get all the – maybe Antonio Brown a week from now is in camp. Everything's fine. He takes the fine. You know, he does the one-game suspension. Maybe he needs to heal his feet that we don't even know about. So maybe they made it all up to heal his feet one more week. I don't know. Uh, but still, maybe it's all a theory that they're doing it together. And then everybody's going to look at Mike Mayock as, man, he's general manager that controlled Antonio Brown. Put him in line. Then Antonio Brown builds his brand and makes even more money. Post this, he gets reality shows and all that other stuff. I don't know. I'm just saying. That's a theory. But that would have to take a lot of work to get into a meeting and be like, all right, let's plan it. Week one, you mess up your feet. Week two, you mess up your helmet. <laughs> Week three, I, I walk out publicly and call you all in or all out. Week four. <laughs> You're out of control. I, it was fun to do. <laughs> let's move on. Antonio Brown, please take the suspension. Get in an office with Mike Mayock. Get in an office with Gruden and talk like a man. Because you want the money for your family, Antonio. You want it for your family for the rest of your life. And you want to be the man. And you cannot be the man. And you can change the Raiders culture and the destiny and build a dynasty. That is something not a lot of people are afforded to. With two organizations. Get on the field, Antonio. Fuck up. All right. Predict his final stats. <laughs> Zeros. Oh, God. I'm going to say he plays Monday night. I don't know. They, they're they writing that he got suspended officially. I, did you see any of that, Murph, so far? news? Uh, last I read, and I've been following, I've been trying to keep up with it. Last I saw, Drew Rosenhaus went on NFL Network and said he's not aware of any suspension. Yeah. Okay, good. Then we'll leave but it at that. I no. trust Drew Rosenhaus about as much as I trust, you know, I guess Antonio Brown. I'm trying to think of somebody I don't like. Um, oh, you know, Drew Rosenhaus is like, man, that's 50 million over three years. That's 30 million guaranteed. I get 5%. That's probably like a million, $2 million for me. It's your butt in line. Whatever. You know, he's trying to do that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Roster cuts. We'll quickly get into it. Uh, any surprises, mistakes? Uh, there were no trades that I know about. Uh, so. Any surprises and mistakes from the roster cuts that we just did? Uh, as far as surprise cuts or surprise guys that made it, I'll give you one that made it. Um, I'm glad Dolan Levitt made it. And uh, we had talked about him a couple times. I can't remember if it was on this show or, or maybe even on both. Uh, and I was, uh, yeah, I wouldn't know it was here. And I was saying that I was, I was rooting for him and that he was going to um, really make his mark on special teams. And sure enough, Gruden was asked about Dolan Lovett for the first time at all this offseason uh, and uh, in, in preseason about him as a player. And Gruden, sure enough, he said, uh, uh, you know, the guy's a stud on special teams. Uh, he's, he's awesome on kick coverage. He always shows up on the tape. And so we had to create a spot for him. And so they did. So congratulations to him. So I thought that was great. Uh, any mistakes, your perspective? I'm going to say no, because, you know, when you look at uh, the, there are two guys that determine who get to be on this football team and we get our own storylines in our heads because we, you know, read articles and we watch TV shows and all this kind of stuff. 
but there's only two guys that are watching endless amount of hours of tape on all of these players, and that is John Gruden and, and Mike Mayock. And everyone else is guessing. Like, literally everyone else is guessing to who's going to make the team. That includes media. That includes guys like you and me. So because of that, I don't think there are any mistakes because those are the two guys that know this team the best. So I don't, you know, Keelan Doss, the one that everybody freaked out about, Look, he's playing on the practice squad in Jacksonville, and they have crap wide receivers in Jacksonville, and he couldn't even make that team. So let's not like pretend like this dude was like a you know an all-world athlete. Now I was rooting for him because it was a cool story. So I wanted to see him make the team, but you know, clearly they didn't think so. So I don't think there was any 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 mistakes at all. In terms of trades, I'm surprised we didn't bring in a guard. As vulnerable as we are at guard. As vulnerable as we're going to be in the first two weeks, uh, especially now if we're talking about going in without AB, um, I thought for sure with with all the different cuts around the league, we would have maybe not necessarily traded for, but maybe at least brought in uh, another guard or two. But they seem to be very pleased with where they're at. So I think that's that surprised me as well uh, that there wasn't any movement there. Yeah, well, well, they got on it. They brought in free agency Cooper, and they believe in Denzel Good coming off of injury. And they still believe in Brandon Parker for the most part. So that's yeah. the guard situation. Um, any surprises for me from the roster cuts? Well, look, I could say Keelan Dodd, of course, but I'm going to say Brandon Marshall. Because the point oh, was, you know, they, yeah. they they sold him on Vegas. And, you know, he spoke about it in the media. He was a big price free agent. I mean, he was one of the best linebackers in the NFL about three years ago, two and a half years ago. And uh, that was a shock to me. That was a surprise because – Early on in camp, he wasn't getting on the field. And I was like, man, he, he might be cut. Oh, he might be cut. Then all of a sudden, he gets on the field. And then he's playing with the ones in the camp and all that. And then all of a sudden, they say they're not going to play their starters in preseason games. And he doesn't play. But then in the one game where they had the starters, the official lineup, he was in there. And then all of a sudden, Brandon Marshall's cut. I'm like, what? Whatever, that was a surprise to me. And the mistake, um, you know what? I am going to say uh, cutting uh, Keelan Dosh is a mistake. I just really like the, I mean, why did they sell the hometown story of him being from Alameda? And they, and they did it on hard knocks every week. You know, that means the coaches loved him. They were talking good about him. And then they kept saying five or six players are going to make the team. Five or six players are going to make the team. Undrafted free agents. And then on Hard Rock, they only featured the players that were cut. They started featuring Keelan Doss in week two. So did they know they were going to cut Keelan Doss the whole time? Did Gruden tell the Hard Knocks crew to start featuring him? I don't know. But they could have let him go early so he could have signed on with another team to learn the playbook. I don't know what happened there. It just feels a little weird. Then on top of that, Keelan Doss cleared waivers. No team picked him up. So the Raiders were hoping for that. That's why they let him go. He cleared waivers. Then the Raiders, the Vikings, and or I'm sorry, the Jaguars and multiple other teams invited him as a free agent to be on their practice squad. He had the choice. Even Gruden said it. We wanted him. We told him to come on the practice squad, but he chose the Jaguars because he believed, you know, that he had a better spot to make the roster. Now, looking back with Antonio Brown possibly going, uh, man, that might be a mistake. But I, I really wanted him to make the team. Let's move on. Who will win the win the Raiders MVP in offense? Antonio Brown, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, or Rodney Hudson? I voted in this. Derek Carr. 
<laughs> I'm there one of those go. 58%. Yeah. Well, without Antonio Brown, um, I'm going to say Josh Jacobs because the NFL will look upon, you know, he'll get a lot of balls throw his way. But I, I 100% agree. Yep. All right. Let's go to the quick preseason game review. Then we're going to get into the Monday night football preview. Uh, what did you think of this preseason? Uh, so I'll show the, the final scores on screen while you're talking about the Raiders were three and one Murph. You predicted them to be zero and four, I believe. I did. Uh, so, but what were your thoughts on this preseason? We kind of talked about it earlier, but yeah, I was annoyed. Underwhelming. I mean, it was kind of fun to see the dynamic between Gruden and McVay and to hear those stories and whatnot and to see the Raiders at home. But other than that, kind of underwhelming same thing with this one although this was fun the uh uh the the sack on uh on kyler murray with cleveland farrell and furl and uh and 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 lamarcus joiner that was legit that was a great play yeah i enjoyed that game with paul gunther throwing the book at kyler murray (laughs) in week two of the preseason that was great uh green bay uh raiders game i thought it was a debacle but i enjoyed the just win mentality and the coming back from behind with peterman and everything I just thought it was fun to watch, even though I hated the start to the game and they had an 80 yard field and I was confused to AF the whole game. I like Daniel Carlson kicking all them field goals, man. I think we got a, we got a sharpshooter back at kicker. Yep. And then the, the Seattle game, I loved Bruden going for two. Many experts are like, why go for two? Just end the game. But I love the just win mentality by Gruden saying, go for F and two on hard knocks. Go for F and two. And they're going for two. Even Jason Cabinda's mom was like, they're going for two. And nobody thought it. I loved it. Your thoughts on that game quickly? Yeah, I didn't watch the whole thing. I only watched part of it. I watched more of it on hard knocks than I did on the actual broadcast. So, yeah. Dude, I thought- they, they featured like 28 minutes of the Seattle game <laughs> yeah. on the last episode of hard knocks. That's insane. Um, all right, where's the graphic? Here it is. Let's yeah. give right into let's give our I'm gonna call it non-expert analysis right. of the preview. Give me what to expect, some sleepers to look out for, so five things to watch for, or and predictions. And we'll we'll go through it little by little. Uh, I think we're gonna get to Joe Flacco. I, I think that our defense is gonna have an opportunity to shine. I I think our secondary is you know no one's talk. Remember for like ever when we didn't have cornerbacks, no one's talking about Conley and Worley and these guys. And you know even Mullen, who's on IR, is it, no, I'm not Mullen. It's um oh gosh, who's the kid that went on IR? Help me out. Uh, Nelson or Johnson? Nixon. No, the one that went on one with the the facial orbital bone. Isn't that Isaiah Johnson? Isaiah Johnson. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Um. But yeah, and then Mullen being the like, I think our corners are are really good. And then also, I love the idea that, uh, and depending on which depth chart you've seen, uh, Lamarcus Joyner is listed even as a corner. And they and he is fully aware that like he's coming in to play the slot. Like that's where he's going to shine. So we're going to see so much safety play. You know, if you could still consider him a safety, so he'll be on the field simultaneously with Carl Joseph and uh, and also uh, Jonathan Abram. I think so. Yes, for sleeper. I mentioned how good I think the secondary is going to be. We're going to get to Joe Flacco. I think the sleeper is Carl Joseph. And the only reason I say that is that not because of anything that I've seen. I trust other people's eyes better than I trust my own. Uh, and all the players are all over Carl Joseph. We heard it on Hard Knocks, right? We've heard him in interviews. 
they talk up Carl Joseph like crazy. Everybody loves this guy. So is he now at a point where he can excel in Gun- in Gunther's, you know, scheme? If we generate a little bit of a password, I mean, we know the guy can hit and now we got Abram back there. Who's going to be laying lumber too. Like, I just think it's an opportunity for Carl Joseph to show us why he was a first round pick. And so I think that our, our defense is going to shine in this game. I can't wait to see us get after Joe Flacco. I can't stand him. I didn't like him. He's a Raven. I don't like him now. Of course we hate Von Miller. I'm a little worried about our, our, our interior protection because of the guards being out. Uh, so we'll, and they're going to move, you know, Chubb and, and Miller all over the place to try to take advantage of those, of those guys that we have on the interior of the line. But hopefully with a leader like Rodney Hudson, yeah, he can keep them solidified and, and, and keep us gelled up there in there uh, in the middle. And so I'm excited, man. You know, you it's exciting enough to be week one and Raider football and playing at home and Monday night and all that, but against the freaking donks, man, like, let's go. Yeah, I'm I'm no good at game analysis. I, I normally do it from a fan perspective, but I'll try to break it down from Mikey Raider's knowledge. Uh, I mean, I'm concerned about our offensive line just because we didn't see much of them, you know, without incognito during preseason. Um, you know, and Denzel Good barely came back off of an injury maybe about five days ago. Uh, but, you know, I just want to see how they're going to gel together whether it be Brandon Parker or Denzel Good at the left or the right or Jonathan Cooper, I'm a little bit concerned. And then on top of that, if Antonio Brown, and again, speculation, if he doesn't play, they're going to bring the house to Derek Carr, uh, you know, because he's going to ha- – and then poor Josh Jacobs, you know, they're going to bring seven or ten against the line, and they got a vaunted defensive line, the Denver Broncos. So I'm worried about it, but – in a positive light, I ain't that worried about it. I think the Raiders can handle anything that the Broncos give them because we handled it last year, to say that being said. And then on top of that, the matchups that I'm looking out for is I, I think Arden Key's going to have a huge game. I think Arden Key's going to get at least two sacks. I, I see Arden Key getting the Flacco, like you said. And then I don't see Cortland Sutton. Who are their wide receivers? Like, I see our cornerbacks or our six safeties <laughs> blitzing a lot. That's why they kept six of them, because they're going to go into coverage against these tight ends, these running backs out of the backfield. And then they got, you know, what, whatever his name is, that running back, that he's coming off injury. They don't know who their true running back is right yet. Um, their offensive line is struggling. I think our defensive line is going to hit a home run this game, whether it be the safeties, the cornerbacks, intercepting, blitzing. I think Paul Gunther, the Raiders defense, wants to make a freaking statement with this Monday night coverage, and that's why they brought the house against Kyler Murray, and they're going to prove Flacco is a fluco at the end of this game. <laughs> I see the Raiders winning big, big. Good deal. I like it. I like it, Mikey. All right, big sleepers to look out for. Um, you know what? I'm going to throw out Tyrell Williams. I think even if Antonio Brown does play, another message might be sent by Derek Carr to Antonio, I mean, to Tyrell Williams, to Antonio Brown, uh-huh. and, then he'll, and then he'll get mad again, and there'll be more drama for next week because he didn't get the ball thrown his way, but I hope not. But the truth is, if Antonio Brown plays, Derek Carr is going to use him and they're going to throw the rock to Antonio Brown. And if he does play, I'm telling you, over 200 yards and two touchdowns 
from Antonio Brown. Uh, my sleeper, though, could be Tyrell Williams. I dig it. That's a great one, Mikey. Good call. What about you? What sleeper? The official sleeper, sleeper, sleeper. Yeah, Carl Joseph. Oh, that's on defense. Uh, give me an offense one. Uh, well, I, I, it's hard to hard to beat Tyrell Williams, man. So, I mean, I'll I'll just say me too on that one. I thought that was a great call because, yeah, regardless of what happens with Antonio Brown, uh, there might be a message to get sent there. And, I, you know, look, they're going to do what they're going to need to do to win the football game. They're not going to let, you know, these off-the-field issues, you know, affect the game plan or decision-making in terms of who you throw the football to. But Tyrell Williams is, you know, now he's the man as of right now. He's the man in this offense, and he's going to want to show it. And this guy's a stud, man. You know, we can't can't forget when Keenan, uh, Keenan Allen got hurt uh, for the Chargers, this guy had freaking over 1,000 yards in, in his stead. So this isn't the first time he would have taken over for a big-time number one wideout. So I'm, I think – 10 million, too. Yeah, absolutely. Just, so. just a shade under Antonio Brown, like you said. Antonio's getting, what, 13 and a half, 14? Yeah, so I think Tyrell Williams is a great call, man. I like it, Mikey. You could say Josh Jacobs too. You know, there's a yeah, lot expected that, but, of him as well. Yeah, but that's not really a sleeper though, and that's why I, uh, that's why I didn't pick him because you yeah. know we all have high expectations for Josh Jacobs, and we know they're going to run the crap out of the football, so he's going to get plenty of opportunity to be good. So I don't I don't think that'll that'll kind of come out of nowhere. But with all this AB stuff, like. People keep forgetting about Tyrell Williams and how amazing this guy is. Got to remember, man, this guy was targeted as the, and I said it already once, I'll say it again. He was targeted to be our number one wide receiver in this right, offense. Antonio it. Brown was an afterthought. So, you know, Raider Nation, look for Williams, man. He's going to blow up. Uh, Raiders.com posted a featurette on Hunter Renfro in an interview earlier today. Uh, uh, I don't know if they specifically did that. They're like, hey, let's feature at Hunter Renfro. He's going <laughs> to make a big statement in that game. Antonio Brown's probably watching everything on social media. So let's not feature Antonio Brown. Let's feature Hunter Renfro. How about, the next- how about, uh, how about AB unfollowing all of the Raiders? Did you see that? I heard it. That true? Because I oh, didn't yeah. read about that. Yeah, we I fact- read about that in the forum. Yeah. Oh my god! Swag Jeff went and fact checked it, and went through our Instagram, and went through all of our socials, and he sure did. He un- including Derek Carr, like he unfollowed everybody. Oh my goodness! Yep. Oh my goodness! That is some childish. Isn't that silly? Baby. Yeah, yeah. It's over, Murph. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> It's over. I'm, this Antonio Brown thing is over. Oh my God. I think so too, man. That's what I'm saying. Like I'm already, I've already parted with him mentally. Like, all right, we'll move on without you, dude. Oh my. Wow. You know, for somebody that loves social media, like Antonio Brown, for him to make that statement, yep. not only post the letter, but him to unfollow Derek Carr, everybody else that you guys have been listening. Wow. Yep. That that's exactly right. That's not a that's a not a minor thing in his world. In his world, unfollowing all those that's a message being sent. Huge. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. And unfortunately, we can't trade him. We get no value. Nobody wants this buckle. Yeah, so we, we can't get no first round picks. Yeah, but we don't need it. We don't need to trade him. That's the good news. We don't have yeah, anything exactly. invested. You just, yeah. you just release him. Get out of the contract, like you were stating, and well, let's move on. Yep. Give me a prediction for this week's Monday Night Football game. Ha! 
how about it? Two predictions with Antonio and without Antonio. I think uh, end result be is the same. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Raiders. I don't think they're gonna win huge, uh, but I definitely think we win this game. And uh, give me the Raiders twenty-one-seven. All right. So with Antonio Brown, with Antonio Brown, because something really good happened, magical. It'll be a miracle night in Oakland uh, if Antonio Brown plays. So the Raiders win. Watch him get booed. Oh, watch him Murph. get booed. I'm hey. No, it's like the Andrew Luck situation. I'm like, what's going? You know what? On? What? Watch him at player introductions. You keep effing with Raider Nation. You go ahead. You keep effing with us and watch how we respond to you. Uh, you watch him. Watch us boo wow. his ass wow. on Monday Night Football. All right, with Antonio Brown, we win 38-17. 38-17 with Antonio. Without Antonio, we win 24-17. to 17. All right, let's move on. This move is on. getting... Wow, I know. We, hey, we got a, a real-life football game getting ready to start, too. Just want to let everybody know we got the Mondays with Mickey and Murph t-shirt available Woo. down below in the links. We also got Murph's Fan Cave or Raiders Fan Radio. All links are below. Yeah. I love that picture of you. Get made officially. And you'll they'll look as good as I do in that shirt. And send the picture to Murph. He'll post it. He'll share it and subscribe. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll put them in, in our, our intro for our YouTube show. We, we feature a whole bunch of people's pictures that have sent those in. So absolutely. And all proceeds go to the Fred Blitnikoff Foundation. And the links are, I promise, all down below to get all of this great stuff and to subscribe for Murph. All right, let's get into a quick fan question from D. Knight Walker. He wrote, hey, Mikey, but I'm sure he meant Murph as well. But, you know, I took it. Hey, Mikey and Murph, I just wanted to make a suggestion for a question for the opening segment of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Has Hard Knocks been a blessing in disguise for Raider Nation? I think it has because we were all afraid of it was going to impact negatively on the team. But truth be told, I believe it has actually helped the Raiders disarm mainstream media. For the past four weeks, every time the media has been talking crap about the team come Tuesday, we can all see they, they were lying and blowing it all out of proportion. Between hard knocks in the preseason games, I keep thinking, huh, maybe this season won't be the S show that ESPN predicted. Now, after all this Antonio Brown stuff, what do you think about this statement? Yeah, is that D. Knight Walker it's, uh, that, that wrote that? Spot yes. on, my friend. And that's exactly what my thoughts were going into this, is that there's so much that swirls around the Raiders uh, and that because they close practices and like they're the Raiders are very closed off in terms of the information that they share. So it truly leaves us to, if we're going to have opinions about this thing, we have to kind of uh, cultivate all the news together and then develop our opinions out of it. Uh, so yeah, I thought, well, having hard knocks there is going to be great because they're going to show everything. So if something is a big deal, they'll talk about it. So we got to see Antonio Brown in his feet and his helmet and all the, all those things we got to see us. So I totally agree with you. Um, I thought it was great. I thought, I thought that was, but now we're back to being in the dark again. So, oh, well, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. D Knight. Good, good job on that, uh, on that message there. Yeah. That's why I posted it. Cause I believe it was a blessing in disguise. Cause like in episode three, we were all talking about it. Gruden going to, why does he have Antonio Brown's back? And is it a bigger problem? And, it didn't look that big of a problem at the time, Murph, especially on Hard Knocks. So that's why I enjoyed it. And I think it was good for the Raiders to be on Hard Knocks. But long story short, we got footage now 
of our Raiders on Hard Knocks. Do, real quick, Murph, do you ever want the Raiders on Hard Knocks again? No, because <laughs> I want yeah. them to win the Super Bowl. You know what Correct. I mean? Like, and and the, you have to be a bad team to be on Hard Knocks. So no, I hope they're never. That's why you never see the Patriots on there, right? So and, so I don't ever want to see them on Hard Knocks again. Although I thoroughly enjoyed it. Me too, one hundred percent agree. I waited this long. And I got it, and I don't. I want the Raiders to win, and I don't want to be on it anymore. If you guys want to send a shout-out to me and Murph or ask a question, please go to the Raider Rant hotline, leave it under about 30 seconds, ask a simple question, be like, hey, Mikey, hey, Murph, ask a question, and we'll get you on the next show. We haven't had a lot of phone calls like that. Go out, make some good questions, leave it under 30 seconds, or post underneath these shows in the forum a quick, simple question, and I'll try to have you on the next show. So that being said, Murph, bam, it's time for Thursday Night Football. Woo-hoo. Football is back, baby. We got the Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. So unfortunately, we have to watch Khalil Mack possibly sack Aaron Rodgers on the opening night of the Raiders season, basically. Uh, give me a prediction. Who do you think wins tonight and why? Uh, I hope the, well, I don't know who, uh, I, I think the Packers, I'm going to give me the pack. I just can't pick the bears. Even if my brain even says that they're, they're pretty good. I think Trubisky was a little fluky. And so I think that, uh, uh, g- give me the, give me the Packers. I'll take the Packers. And then we, cause we want the bears to lose <laughs> every game miserably. Cause remember, we still got one of their picks left. So, uh, we want the bears to absolutely stink up the joint. And so give me the, give me the Packers a lot to a little, we'll say, uh, 38 to 10. Give me the pack. Let's go. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is, uh, I think I can share this with you guys without getting too yelled at in the chat. Aaron Rodgers is my favorite non Raider. I Aaron Rodgers is awesome. Like in anybody who's ever had any familiarity with how quarterback is played you watch this guy and the poise and the his from his footwork his accuracy his accuracy on the move like he's a freaking amazing quarterback and so for somebody that's I'm a football fan above all else uh, I'm an NFL fan and yes I'm a Raider fan but I'm a football fan I just love this freaking sport and yep. if you're a football fan you like watching Aaron Rodgers play football because it's impressive the, some of the stuff that he's able to do so uh, I you know sign me up for that man crush uh, and you know if you want to kill me in the chat for liking a non Raider that's cool I wouldn't wear his jersey um, but I'd, I like the Packers, man, and I like Aaron Rodgers, and he's from uh, the same city, Chico, California, where I went to college the first time. So, uh, and and went to Butte Community College, played college football there for a little while, and I even went to Butte for a minute too. Of course, I was ten years ahead, probably of Aaron Rodgers, but you get the idea. So, uh, you know, he's a Northern California guy, and uh, so I, I dig it, man. So, give me, give me the freaking pack, go Packers! You got fast like Gruden all the time, brother. Uh, I believe the Packers will win. It'll be a closer game than many people think. I just trust Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. He just seems to be freaking magic, and it seems to happen all the time with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Bears got a, a nice defense, and we are going to see a lot of good plays from Trubisky, but I don't think it'll hold up. The Packers win. I ain't going to give you a final score because I really don't care. But I just <laughs> wanted to give a quick shout-out to Mean519, who was my moderator today on the show. Um, I'm sure you did an excellent job. I wasn't able to check everything. And I just want to remind everybody, if you would like to be a part of this show, leave your comments below, call the Raider Rants hotline, ask us questions. And then also during the shows, if you guys donate or whatever, we're going to pick nicknames for you guys. That's right. 
me and Murph will get before a show for anybody that Super Chat donates in the future. We will pick funny nicknames and we will post it above the screen of our next week's show. So get to it. Maybe it's too late for this week, but maybe next week you guys know what's going on. Thank you, Mean519. Murph, thank you for coming on air with me. Yeah, and brother. Thank you for, for having a positive show. I thought it was really good, even though there was a lot of negative stuff to talk about. Yeah, I think so too. I think that we've all just kind of settled down a little bit into what this is. And, you know, even as, as disturbing as it was the first part of the day today to start reading all this news, I mean, you know, just like the different stages of grief, you get to acceptance and it's like, all right, I've accepted what this is. Now, what are we going to do about it? And that's what's, what's curious. And, uh, but yeah, man. So I, I appreciate it, man. This was, this was a fun show and, uh, enjoyed it as always spending time here on honor nation with you, Mikey. And, uh, man, I'm excited. Football season, man. It's official. Now, the next time you and I will get together, we will have a Raider game to talk about. Actually, we're probably going to have to have two to talk about because think about the way our show is progressing. We do the shows on Monday night. So we got the Monday night football game. Then we're going to have that Sunday game. Then we're going to have oh, yeah. official Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Then we're going to have two games to get to. We're going to have two divisional games. So we're going to be 2-0 and and talking about how this team's going to win the Super Bowl, right? I hope so. And I hope it'll be a victory Monday officially. Or two victory two Mondays. Two victory Mondays. Yeah, man. But no matter what, we're going to have at least one victory, I know. And we're going to have a, a victory Monday for sure. All right. All thing beside Murph tell everybody how they can find your shows tell them what you're doing on your shows like the what was it the why can't I think of the name of it Tales from the Raider Nation yeah or, Tales from the Nation so on 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 my podcast network Murph's Fan Cave you can find it anywhere just search Murph's Fan Cave M-U-R-F-S Fan Cave, you get four shows. You get the flagship show, which is uh, Raiders Fan Radio, and then we have the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead Tom and Fitz. Uh, that is a fan club and booster show. Uh, it's very Raiders-centric, but they also talk about booze and rock and roll and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, turned into a, 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 a ballroom blitz. I don't know. Like that <laughs> They're great. They're a lot of, lot of fun. That's uh, Those guys are all members and a president of the New Jersey chapter of the Black Hole. Uh, so th those guys, they're great Raider fans, and uh, it's a very New Jersey-type show. It's great. Uh, so check them out. Then you get the audio version of this show of Mondays with Mikey and Murph. You'll get that in the feed. And then we have our new show, which is Tales from the Nation. We just released the latest episode, which was the, uh, the Divine Interception, when Michael Huff intercepted Matt Schaub, and he got in front of Jacoby Jones and picked that thing off in the end zone to seal a Raider win the day after Al Davis passed away. And so that was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun reliving those memories. Is that the game where Hugh Jackson walked the middle of the field in front of the cameras and kneeled down and prayed so all the cameras could go around Hugh Jackson at that moment? That day, he was the perfect coach to be the coach of the Raiders. And then immediately after that, crap the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and at the end of that season, when, you know, all we had to do was win another game, we could have won the freaking division because, uh, we lost all the tiebreakers to everybody. And, uh, and he was, was dismissed was after, game. yeah. And, and he was dismissed after he declared himself King of the Raiders, but forgot to ask Mark Davis's permission first. And, uh, and oh, then we, I, that's going to be a great listen. I can't wait to listen. Yeah, to it was fun. It's a that game. Good, yeah, it's a great episode, man. Definitely check it out. And, uh, so yeah, so there you was, get, what 10 men on the field on that play, Al, 10 men only Al Davis was the 11th that's exactly Correct. right yep 
Yeah, a lot of fun. So uh, so definitely check out Merce Fan Cave. Check out all those shows. Thank you to all of you. Um, you know, every time I've done this show that when we've announced the the, the shirts, I always get orders like every like during the show. So thank you to those of you that have that have bought shirts already. Thank you to those of you that have that have uh, going to do that in the future. And if you're a large, I'm sorry, we're out. We're just, we're starting to run low on inventory. So, but uh, but all the money that you send to us for those shirts is going to go straight to Bullet and Coffin. So on a night just like tonight. Large Marge could not buy her get made shirt because she was a large <laughs> on a night just like tonight. I love it. I love it. That's uh stand by me, right? No, that I believe that's Pee Wee Herman play out or the oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. that's lad. She's the truck driver, yeah, yeah, that was, that was yeah, funny yeah. Thing. where they had the Beetlejuice claymation where large Marge goes, ah. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, that's what was the one? The one I'm thinking of from Stand by Me. That was the kid that. Uh, what was his name? The one that made himself throw up. And Michael never... Brower. <laughs> that was his name, Michael Brower. No, it no, wasn't. That was, dead, that was the dead guy. Yes, Stand by me. his name was Michael Brower. Then the other guy that throws up looks exactly like me, and he throws up while he's eating the pie. Yeah, and then everybody starts throwing up on each other, and that's how he got his revenge. Yeah, I, I love movies, Murph. Yeah, good stuff. All right, let's get on out of here. Say goodbye to the nation quickly, and we're going to do the theme song. Get See you on later. See you later, nation. Enjoy uh, your football season. Be kind to each other. You know, try not to beat each other too much by having a different opinion. Opinions are great, but just remember to respect everybody else's just because theirs is just as, as valid as yours And when it comes to this stuff. And I know it's a crazy time for us as Raider fans, but just accept it for what it is, man. And just, just enjoy the team. The, you, you can't control... Who plays on the team? Who coaches the team? What city they play in? But you can control your surroundings. Get together with your friends and family. Celebrate one another. Celebrate your fandom. And enjoy carne asada and beer and wings and pizza and all the cool, fun things. The gatherings of, 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 of food and joy and drink and, that, and Raider football, man. That, that's what it's all about. Don't ever lose sight of that, Raider Nation, no matter what. God bless you, Raider Nation. Straight out of the words of Murph, enjoy your life, enjoy your family, and enjoy being a part of the Raider Nation. Let's get out of here, Murph. This has been Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talked Raiders and some dirt. Because we are a cool Raider talk show. We're going to have good times every week. Let's go. This has been Monday's with Mikey and my amazing co-host, Murph. We'll see you next week, Raider Nation. You rock, Mikey. You rock, Murph. Good night. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. 
It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.